listening to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Welcome back to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast, the podcast where we explore the past, understand the present, and dream of the future. This week, we have a podcast from the archives. Originally, our Junior Theater Podcast premiered in 2009, hosted by Daniel Sheridan and Junior Theater intern Rachel Mayer. On this episode, they interviewed Bonnie Gunther, the former program supervisor for Junior Theater. Sit back, relax, and enjoy exploring the past. You're listening to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Rachel Mayer, Davenport Junior Theater intern. And I'm Daniel Sheridan, the Artistic Director of Davenport Junior Theater. And we're here with Bonnie Gunther, the former Program Supervisor of Davenport Junior Theater. Hello. Hi. Bonnie, when did you first become involved with Junior Theater? Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. (laughs) Actually, I have three sons. Second son's friend in January was doing his class show. For junior theater, they were six at that time. That son is now 53. He's <laughs> <laughs> spent a lot of years mm-hmm. since I've been around. He went in in the second semester and then worked on the show wagon in the summer. And I remember his one big line was, uh, not my yo-yo. From <laughs> one of the small plays that he was in. But uh, then the following year, the oldest son went in and then the younger son went in as he got older. And, and they stayed in junior theater all the way through high school, all up more on the curve. And what and what are they up to now? Okay, the oldest <laughs> one is an attorney, but he's working in a college in Nebraska now. Uh, he is vice president of finance, finances, and I'm not sure what all the title is, but it has a long title. The middle son is a realtor in Minneapolis. He was also head of the Greater Minneapolis Board of Realtors. He's on the National Board of Realtors and things like that. The youngest son is now the executive director of the Auditorium Theater in downtown Chicago. And he's running his own camp that he put together. Uh, And yesterday he called me and said that he just received recognition and a $10,000 grant for the camp. From state finance. That's great. Well, that's really exciting. I was very excited about it. Huh. And do you think that, that junior theater had a large part of their childhood growing very up? Definitely. And, yeah. Definitely. A large part of their confidence and their ability to get up in front of people and talk to them. And even Brett stands on the stage of the auditorium, which is about a 5,000 feet house, if you want to count <laughs> all the seats in the balcony. And you can hear him without a microphone. Yeah. No matter where you are. Yeah. They do. It was a, a very good experience for them. I started as a parent volunteer going to the mm-hmm. shows. We did our shows at Assumption at that time, most of them anyhow. And we had to help in the parking lot, get the cars in and out because it was one-way traffic over there. Oh my we also had, uh, we sold tickets. We stayed all day. There were three shows on Saturday and we'd stay all day long. Uh, when about 8 o'clock, and you'd leave after the kids had all left in the afternoon. Uh, sold tickets, rode the buses. I used to drive to Moline and ride the buses with the kids on from the school buses to come over for the show. 
kind of did what you had to do to make it impossible. Yeah, yeah I'm very, often, very well organized working board. And mm. did lots mm-hmm. of fun things and lots of work. Yeah. I'm often I'm trying to re reeducate a lot of the children towards how proud we should be to have the facility that we have because they've lost touch with where we've come from. Right. So right. and stories like that are really exciting mm-hmm. to hear. So. When did you start working as the program supervisor? Okay, I, well, when my youngest son, Brett, went off to college, then I went on the payroll at $1.75 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's when, you know, there was no minimum wage for this. Mm-hmm. It was an educational thing. But uh, I went on the payroll to help with the teenage crew because we did have a large teenage crew, usually four or five kids all the time. And um, Mary was to the point where she couldn't chase after him up and down the stairs and things like that, so she wanted to know if I would would come and help with that. And her daughter Sally was doing a lot of the directing, so we did a lot of things together. But uh, we worked on Saturdays. We had classes Saturdays. We had shows at the library in Davenport every Saturday or every once a month, one hmm. Saturday every month, and. A lot, lots of outside shows. Mm-hmm. Christmas time, one year, we did 40 different plays. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Uh, over the place. Jeez. Yeah. It was, you know, we went to the outing club, we went to service clubs, we were at the library, we were parties, private parties, and uh, large parties. And it seems we had a really large volunteer structure as well. Or we had quite a few volunteers, mostly parents, though, would drive mm-hmm. kids to the various mm-hmm. places. They'd take mm-hmm. a carload of kids and take them to the various places. So, hmm. uh, And most of them gave us a small donation, which helped build these buildings and put them back yeah. together again for us. That's really exciting. It's exciting to have that many opportunities for them to perform. Yeah. Are there any memories during your time at Senior Theater that really stand out for you? No, there's a lot of them. But <laughs> I think the biggest thing is just the different students and watching them grow. Also, it was fun when we started doing Toronto Day Camps, it was fun to watch kids that were in one class. Um, they'd come in young, five or six, and then the next year when they'd come, they were all excited because they knew what was going to happen, and of course, they couldn't wait to tell the rest of them what was going to happen. And we had a couple of twins that were back every single year, and they got into more trouble most of the time. Mm-hmm. And they were very hard to handle at times, but then again, um, they learned a lot, and they, I think they grew a tremendous amount. Oh, let's see. We had one show we did at Assumption was... Um, Aladdin, and Aladdin was supposed to push the bad guy out the window. Well, the bad guy took Aladdin with him right out the window. Oh, no. <laughs> and that's not part of the show. Oh, he comes up with the magic ring, helped him, so he didn't fall all the way to the bottom of the well. Yeah, they improvised. Yeah, we had some other uh, fairly good classic things happen. Once in a while, the set would fall down, or... Um, somebody forget a line and somebody else would put a line in and then go along for a while and then you're ten pages back in the script and up front some places. Uh, golly, they were just, but mostly I think it's the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and their children, their kids, their fun. Mm-hmm. And they were fun. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you get somebody like Daniel that came in with a know-it-all attitude. <laughs> <laughs> when I was little? Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, there's plenty of stories about me. <laughs> I think one of the classic lines for staff and uh, the older kids in the classes was uh, if something happened, they'd look at me and they'd say, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned theater theater for kids by kids. You mentioned the difference between children and kids and yeah. having fun. We actually, when I, when I started earlier in the fall, there was the question of, should we be theater for children or theater for kids? And I agree with you on kids. Yeah. Kids. We're fun. Yeah, it's fun. for kids. <laughs> so we stuck with the, you know. The same and, and the main philosophy of the program has always been, from since its inception, is that children would be able to stand up in front of a classroom and do their report without being frightened, be able to remember what they're saying, be able to interact with other people, and that's what we were trying to teach them. Gave them confidence, gave them mm-hmm. leverage in the classroom, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an all-around basic education for them on how to get along with people. Because with theater, you're dependent on the rest of the cast, mm-hmm. but yet they're dependent on you. So you've got to be able to do both ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Just switching tracks a little bit, but how has the program grown since your involvement? Well, it's it's grown in the numbers of students. When my, my uh, sons were first in, we probably had 60 students a semester. We had 14 or 15 that did the major productions. Mm-hmm. And then um, we've just constantly added more. And I think we had a number of students, two or three years in a row, we had a lot more interest from Illinois students. And that was very helpful to mm-hmm. get us into the Illinois side of the river. Um, the program's gone to the students, but once we had our own facility, then it, it was a lot easier for everybody, and uh, it was a lot different. So we we really ended up uh, doing more shows, doing bigger shows, and uh, we've always done a lot of classic stories. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that makes a difference too. Now some of the classic stories are not to my liking, but they're classic <laughs> stories already. <laughs> What was it like uh, fixing up the Wittenmeyer complex during that time? Because I was, after, again, after taking over the position, I spent a lot of time looking through our scrapbooks, and I had not seen all the pictures oh. of all the renovation work oh. that you guys did up here. This floor in particular, I can tell you, the floor that we're on, I had six kits in a row. You had two 12-inch blocks that you worked on, mm-hmm. and it was a race scraping off old wax, and they mm-hmm. raced up and down. You know, once you finished there, then you came over here on the side and went. Race back. To see who couldn't, who could get up the most gunk off the floor. The floor is <laughs> a mess. you got to make it fun. We're in upstairs cottage 15 above the office, for anyone who's wondering, for a visual reference. Well, it's a large room, looking. and it makes yeah. it really nice, and you need that classroom mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice large room. Mm-hmm. It's a great space. Can you think of any specific ways that junior theater has impacted your life and the lives of your children? Oh. Even I have more confidence just because I had to have. 
I also got to become the lady with the white hair. You know, if the kids were bad, they got to put the lady with the white hair. And we used to do that with Mary was here, and, and she always had white hair. And then, uh, so then later, why they kept saying, "Well, you have to go sit with the lady with the white hair," but I think. I think it's just a matter of knowing kids a little better and knowing parents a little better and uh, impacting my life. It's just that I've got kids all over the world now yeah. <laughs> that I know about. Some in England, and, uh, some in Boston, I guess, mm -hmm. all over the place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, and uh, it's always fun to see them. Yeah. We have a we have a Christmas party at Bonnie's every year where we try to get as many people back as we can, right. but you know we won't disclose the date to the world. But <laughs> <laughs> but we get together and that's always a lot of fun. That is always to a lot see of everybody fun. again, a lot of reminiscing, but an awful lot of catching up on what they're doing now. And it, it's fun when you see kids like Daniel who was eight, ten, something like that when he came in, and now he's out of college and he's got his master's degree. And he's got a lot more education than I ever had, or ever will have. And uh, it's just, it's just interesting to see that. It's, it's feel like you've had a part of what he's done. Definitely, certainly <laughs> have had that. I know for well, work. <laughs> Let yeah. me put it that way. True. Well, and you know, I used to work for, I used to work for Bonnie yeah. as a member of the junior staff. Mm -hmm. And even today, as we were finishing up drama day camp, Bonnie came in and started fixing the curtains on the wall and I immediately came running over to help because it's my instinct to help you when you need help. <laughs> I think I probably was a little more fussy about things like that than anybody else's, but that's kind of my nature. It's got to, you're going to have those curtains that block out the light and block out the cold air. They've got to be right, otherwise they look horrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I have trouble when things look horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to look good. I think one of the best things for me, though, is making costumes. I used to love to make costumes, frilly mm -hmm. dresses. And one of the most fun dresses was the dresses that we made for Charlie Brown the first time we did Charlie Brown. Mm -hmm. They were so much fun, but there was, I think there was like five or six yards of material that we had to put in to the bottom of them to give them that little ruffle around the bottom. You had to like feed it in? And yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just fun to make costumes. Yeah, I'd do that now if you had something had to be built. Mm -hmm. Well, I can I can find things that need done. <laughs> That's for certain. What ways does junior theater have a positive impact on the community here? Well, I used to say that uh, half the attorneys in Davenport were junior theater trained, <laughs> <laughs> and I can name you a few. You know, mm -hmm. you have. Uh, Starting out with Cal Warner, who's probably ready for retirement now. Mm. I don't know. He's a little older than the rest of them. Uh, all the way down to um, uh, Elliot McDonald mm -hmm. and uh, Judge Mark Cleave. Um, although Mark was not part of the program himself, his children were. Mm. Uh, but the impact on the community wherever the kids that have been in junior theater have settled, is the fact that they are able to give to the community what they know. Um, we have one couple that lived in Burn Junior Theater, part of the staff, 
that are in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin right now. And with the community theater there, they encouraged them to put in a children's theater program, which they did. And when they'd come home, they'd come in and gather scripts and take them back with them so they had something to work with and things. Um, I have one gal that moved to Montana that was working with children doing theater work out there. So I think it's wherever people are, it's the opportunity that they've had to express themselves that they want to make sure that other children have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. so they work really hard to make sure that theater's out there mm -hmm. for people. I know people in a workplace when we were gathering money, and that was probably the biggest chore we had, was to get the money in to do some renovation work and to build the theater itself. Um, people there, the community members would say, they could tell, especially the young applicants when they'd come in to apply for a job, if they'd had training with Davenport Junior Theater. And they'd always ask, and so they were happy for our people to come look for a job. Mm -hmm. But talking about the renovation work, <clears throat> that was a, a terrific thing. That was a community-wide effort. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole Quad Cities and all the people out of town that we could catch up with and things. Mm -hmm. And it went on for about six or seven years after we were given these buildings to work with. Uh, we had always had some building before that. I had a building fund because at one time we talked about building a brand new building over on Garfield Park, uh, which I'm happy we never did since Duck Creek is now flooded a couple of times mm -hmm. and they really would have made a mess of it. But um, it's uh, one of those things where we just really had to contact everyone. And there were some weeks when we were doing the presentations, there were some weeks when we ate chicken dinners three nights in a row so that we could talk to people and tell them what we were trying to do and what Junior Theater was all about. So. Mm -hmm. And it was a chore to get mm -hmm. that money in. Yeah. yeah. It's still, it's still the, the big trick, you know. Yeah. Um, and it feels like yeah, kind of getting on the, the preaching choir, you hear it all the time about arts being limited more and more in schools and stuff. Yeah. and. I feel like, you know, it makes us more and more valuable um, in the community right. to get kids involved. And the corporate sponsorships are not as hefty as they used to be. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have the money coming in that they're, not, that they're able to give out to people. So right. That's very difficult for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and can you maybe speak just briefly about the relationship with, uh, you know, Junior Theater and the City of Davenport and Parks and Recreation and how they've supported each other over time or how that's... Right. Well, actually, grown. Junior Theater started as a summer recreation program on the playgrounds. Davenport used to have specific playgrounds. Almost every park had a small playground in it, and kids could go and sign up and go as often as they wanted during the week. And Junior Theater, uh, Mary Nicewander and one of her friends, helper person, uh, would go to the different playgrounds and work with the kids during the week. They'd go every day and work. And then on uh, Friday, they'd do a short performance, you know, three little pigs mm -hmm. or three swine or more small stature or something yeah. like that. Um, and then she had a very good core group of some of the older students, who were probably 10 and 12 at the time. And she would um, 
So those students kept saying they wanted to do more. Once summer was over, they wanted to do more. And so she went back to the Parks Department, which at that time had a, a park board who governed what they did. And about the time she did that, Leon Brubeck, who was superintendent of women's recreation for the city parks, had been to a conference and found that there were people doing children's theater. But most of them were adults or college students doing theater for children. When Mary came in with this, what she had done in the summer and how well it went and how encouraged these people were, when Leon came with this other idea for people doing theater for children, uh, they said, they finally said, well, we'll try it for a year or two and see how it goes. 50, so 57 years, years yeah. later, we're still seeing how it goes. <laughs> and there's been lots of ups and downs. There's been some times when there wasn't hardly enough money to get through with things, but there was also times when, you know, we had enough so we could do some extra things. And one time we had an opportunity to buy a whole bunch of fabric, and uh, there really wasn't enough money to buy the fabric. The fabric store was getting out, and we were going to do, like, one of the shows where we needed a lot of the big costumes for the women, medieval costumes and things. And so we, uh, I purchased the fabric, and about two weeks later, I got a letter from a, a former student whose mother had done a lot of sewing for junior theater at one time, and she decided as part of her mother's legacy, she wanted to give a donation to junior theater for costumes. And so it worked out. Mm -hmm. So it worked out very well for us that time. Mm -hmm. I started out helping Mary, doing whatever had to be done uh, as Mary got older and, and she had some health problems and things, then I just, uh, just continued what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And eventually when she was not here, why then I took over. When they decided that one time they could have a full-time job here, um, we had to apply, and I, I and lots of other people applied, and I did get the full-time job, and that lasted, what, three, five, three, four years, something like that, and then, uh, then all of a sudden I had to cut back, so junior theater got cut back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It'll never be a full-time job again. Mm. It was difficult. The board paid half that salary at that time. And so it would never be a full-time job again unless the board is willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And I I just think I was very lucky to be here at the time I was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could you maybe share a little bit, um, especially for our younger kids, myself included, maybe a little bit about your relationship with Mary Nicewander, Junior Theater's founder. I never met Mary. That's so right. I, I just met. missed her. Yeah. yeah, so I just have pictures and stories. and. Mm -hmm. Now, let's see. I first, well, I first met Mary when the kids went into the program. And uh, the, the boys had been in the program probably three years because Brett was seven when my husband died and the boy's father died. And um, Mary sent me a little note telling me about how she was here in Davenport 
they were on there. Her husband was going to direct a show here in Davenport, and they were on their way to California. And he got sick and died here in Davenport. And so she was left alone at the same time, and we were about the same age. I was had just turned 31, and she said I was she was like 31 or 32 at the time. So. we had quite an interesting, you know, conversation about that and found that we had a lot of things in common and got along really well. She had a daughter a little bit younger than I am, a couple of years younger than I am. And, of course, she had an older daughter and an older son. And uh, we worked together uh, as part of the board. Leon Bradbeck also got me to come in because uh, we did marionette shows. My first husband and I did marionette shows, and Leon wanted to do a production using our marionettes because they were so unique. Uh, and so Julie McDonald wrote a show called King on Strings, and uh, we did that production. Well, of course, my husband died before the show went on, and it took me a while to get the puppets ready, but we did get the show on, and it did work. And I remember one of the characters in there was played... It was uh, he was a soldier of some sort from some com- some foreign country, and I think a made-up country country even. And Michael Schmidt played that part. That's the first time I ever met him. Now Michael Schmidt, of course, was at United Township for years on end, and he does a tremendous amount of work for Playcrafters and Music Guild and Circa Twenty One. But. but um, then Mary also needed help when I finally stopped working for a while. I had some time, and so I helped with Broadway Theater League, which is a producing company. We'd bring in Broadway shows, and I helped with that. So I worked very closely with her on that. And so over the years, I became almost like a daughter. In fact, it was not only about two weeks ago, some lady said something about my mother. And <laughs> I, I said, my mother? I grew up in Western New York. Well, wasn't that your mother you worked with? <laughs> and I said, no, that was very nice. Well, not, not her daughter. Sally Sissel is her daughter. <laughs> and so, you know, but we did. We just had a very close relationship and uh, and seemed to get along really well for the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, one, the one thing I'm always surprised about is how many people, since taking over this job, will stop to tell me stories about Mary so I know from the parks staff to like the crew guys who work the grounds yeah and, um, you know she seemed to be like a powerful go-getter kind of person to... um, oh Mary was probably what you'd call a living legend mm-hmm. she really did I mean she she taught here she taught uh, community theater she worked at St. Catherine's St. Mark's school it was actually St. Catherine's by itself at that time and uh, she did theater all over the place. So she was kind of the queen of theater in the area. And even the people that ran the movies uh, thought that was great. So when they brought in the new theater, uh, movie theater out there, they dedicated one of those small little theaters. It's actually the only theater in the whole complex dedicated to anyone. That's it's right. And it's only nice one of about theater. six across the country mm-hmm. they've done that with. Yeah, so, it's a pretty high yeah. honor. Mm-hmm. Mary was short and feisty, and uh, she used to say she had red hair, 
and I have her shaved gray hair most of the time, but, you know, and she'd every once in a while say something about being a redheaded stepchild when the city wouldn't do what she wanted them to. <laughs> but there were other times when she used that little, uh, a little bit of stamina to get out there and tell people what she thought. Yeah. But she was very well respected in the whole community. And, uh, lots of people knew her. Listed in who's who among American women and all of those sort of things. So, well, thank you for uh -huh. coming, uh, probably coming in today. I'm going to ramble, you know? No, that's good. <laughs> Great. So, it's, always, it's always fun to have you around. And yeah. Thanks for listening to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.davenportjuniortheater.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast from the archives. I hope you enjoyed. This has been the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Thanks for listening.